All right, everyone, welcome to episode two. Greatest kicks of your life right now. We're doing kicks of your life, but right now we're in the greatest kicks of your life. Basketball edition right here. We're talking about, last episode we talked about the Kobe's, we talked about some Jordans, you know, now we're going to switch it up. We did Nike, we did Adidas, we did Converse. We're going to go in the direction of Reebok, but before we even get down to that, I'm your host, Alexander Payne, and also your other host, the guy who actually knows about basketball sneakers and what they're actually used for because he's an actual basketball player. <laughs> Jordan McLaughlin, everybody. Yes, sir. What's up? What's up? Let's get to it. You know what? This is a... How do you feel about the brand Reebok? Let me start by saying that, first of all. Yeah, so Reebok, I, feel, I mean, now they're not, they're, they're, they're behind the scenes right now. You know, you got Jordan, Nike, Adidas, Kanye, Travis Scott, like all those type of, you know, people right now. So nobody really pays much attention to Reeboks right now. Yes. But, but back in the day, I, I think Reebok was a little ahead of its time. When you look back at some of their sneakers and, and who they had, uh, you know, representing those sneakers, I think, I think they were ahead of their time. You think they were ahead of their time? Yeah, I like. I really like a lot of their sneakers and how they produced them and advertised them and and how they held themselves, um, you know, up to other brands. Obviously, they weren't Jordan and Nike at that time, yeah. but I think back then Reebok, I would say, was probably ahead of Adidas in my in my opinion. Really? When this is when you're growing up, you would say like you would cop Reeboks over an Adidas pair. For sure. Absolutely. I would definitely go for a kamikaze. The questions, the shoes that we're talking about today, I would yeah. for sure cop first over a pair of Adidas. Okay. All right. So then, all right, without further ado, let's get into our first uh, sneaker, our first basketball sneaker, the Reebok Pump, Reebok Omni Pump, Reebok Omni Pump Twilight. I don't know how <laughs> many different kinds of ways you could say pump. They came out with tennis court victory, but the Reebok pump. Have you ever seen this sneaker? Have you ever played? I mean, I'm sure you've seen the sneaker, D Brown, but I mean, have you ever played in this sneaker? How do you feel about this sneaker? So the Reebok pump, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a story at the end of once we're done talking about all three kicks, but I have played, I played one game in a pair of Reebok pumps. Tell me about it. It was, wasn't the best shoe, but the idea and concept of the pump being in the shoe is just crazy. Right? It's super crazy. That's what I mean. Like, it was ahead of its time, like, for players and people to go to their sneaker tongue and pump up the little basketball on the tongue of the shoe to get the shoe to mold and fit, you know, your foot and how you liked it. It's just, it was it was ahead of its time. By far the, the coolest I don't know if you want to call it a gimmick or marketing aspect, whatever you want to call it, the coolest thing that's ever been in a sneaker. Right. Because Nike has the Air Max unit where you go, look, there's air in my shoe. You go, yeah, yeah, that's nice. But then you could actually pump the air up and you're like, it made you feel like, oh, yeah, I will dunk today. <laughs> right. You were 10 years old. You were 10 years old being like, yeah, I can dunk. Yeah. I just pump it up enough. That's it. Just a couple you know? pumps. <laughs> Check my blood. Every time I get my blood pressure checked now, I'm like, I'm going to dunk. 
I just know it. That's what this is. You're pumping on my arm. Right, right. Gives you that that image. <laughs> so I, let's do a little brief history. Uh, 1980s, Reebok is starting to realize, oh, my God, Jordan, this is amazing. Um, Converse, they're like, we got to get in on this. So mm-hmm. at the end of the decade, they're ready to roll. Um, they came together with a team design continuum. They're an industrial firm, and they partnered with this pump uh, for a custom fit. Uh, the crazy thing about this shoe is that it it's a it's a, it's like Reebok knew they needed a shoe, but they weren't sure exactly what kind of shoe they wanted. They just mm-hmm. knew that they wanted a way to sell it. And that the way that this shoe came together was they actually bought another company. Mm-hmm. And that company was, I believe, a ski company that developed the pump at mm-hmm. first. And which I never knew about sneakers, which I learned for the first time with the Reebok Omni Pump, is that there's like expos where people who are into shoe technology, they go and that's kind of how they get their new ideas. Mm-hmm. And like they kind of like start looking and going like, oh, what's this place doing? Okay, they're not really selling any sneakers. Let me just acquire them and then I can get their technology and right. then I can use it and I can see how to use this idea, which is, I don't know. For me, this was this was eye-opening to me to be like, yeah. wow, I didn't companies did things like this no, did it's, you? Def- it's definitely mind-blowing like you would think it would come just from within the the organization of Reebok like their managing team like hey how can we make this sneaker better obviously you know they're going to search the web and see you know what they can do but it, in a sense it's like their marketing team or design team going to like a, a complex con but yeah for technology for sneakers and like trying to figure out ways they can innovate their sneakers and make it you know the the products that they are so it's it's really uh mind-boggling once i once i read about that so i think what the thing is is that they were like basically they're like we're dying (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) they needed a a lifeline (laughs) yeah we need ideas and uh i don't even know how you say it i've only ever seen their clothes and like on complex i don't know if it's elise elis or whatever it is it's like they're the ski company Uh but so basically, the uh, the technology was designed, I think, for like a fireman. Like it's like a, it was a ski boot, but Paul Fireman, who was the old uh, creator of or, or uh, the old president of Reebok, was the guy that went ahead with it. And Eric Cohen, the guy who is the uh, engineer at Continuum, mm-hmm. they were the ones that was like, okay. We need an energy return system, which is like the shoe technology that they had in their shoe. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what can we put in our shoe to make people jump higher? And they kept testing this and te- kept testing this. And eventually they figured out, um, okay, not everyone's going to be black and talented. They're like, we can't. That's all we. That's it. That's all that can do to make people jump higher. There's like, right. you got to be either really tall <laughs> or you got to be really athletically gifted and have good genes. And they're like, yep. all right, what can we do to make people feel like they can dunk? Right. And then they realized they had this piece of technology and they were like, okay, let's put this in the shoe. Let me ask you a question. The first time you put on the Reebok Omni pumps, could you already dunk? Yeah, I was able I was able to dunk the first time I had a pair of pumps. Did you pump them up at and then afterwards feel like you could jump even higher? I did try to pump and as I felt it kind of, you know give me a little bit more bounce and pop 
I wouldn't say it gave me too much more of an advantage uh, as far as like jumping and dunking. I'd say it gave me a slight advantage. I didn't have the Omnis though. It was kind of a, a, a newer version. I don't remember the exact pair that I had. It, it was a it was a newer version. I think I got them in like 20, uh, 2011 or twenty twelve. Oh. So, so they were like they were they were newer because I went to a I went to a camp a Reebok camp. Oh, so you went to Reebok camp and you played. Were they heavy? They they were not heavy. No, they weren't. They weren't too heavy. I, it was kind of a. It was a nice weight to the shoe that I liked hooping in, and I felt like my I felt like my feet and my ankles were pretty secure in them. So when this shoe first come first came out, it was thirty percent heavier than all the other shoes in the eighties, mm-hmm. and shoes in the eighties are already heavy as hell. Right. <laughs> so they were even heavier with this equipment in it, but. The reason that a lot of players actually like these shoes, and I remember, I think I wrote it in the thing, Steve Smith mm-hmm. and Andy Anderson, they liked them because of the high ankle support. Right. A lot of players don't like to get their ankles taped, mm-hmm. which obviously is not as true. Is that true now? Do players really get their ankles taped even though they play in low cuts? How does it work? Oh, yeah. every uh, If you have, like, I wouldn't say weak or bad ankles, but, like, if you're, co- like, mind conscious of, like, rolling your ankle or if you roll your ankle a lot, uh, instead of wearing, like, an ankle brace, uh, what guys do is they get taped. They get uh, pre-wrapped, and then you get white, uh, like, tape around your ankles. And it kind of – it's kind of like a cast, but yeah. it's, like, less heavier than a cast. And so a lot of guys I, – I get taped every day. Anytime we go live playing five-on-five, five, anything – you know that involves playing and competing. I'm I'm getting taped or I'm wearing braces uh, for my ankles. Do you play in and you play in low cut shoes? I play in low cuts. I play in mid tops. I play I play in high tops. But most certainly, if I'm wearing low tops, I'm definitely getting taped. So, do high tops make you feel like you have more ankle support, or is that? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. It, oh, definitely. When, when you're wearing a low cut and you can feel like you know that little bone of your ankle, they call yeah. it like a little horseshoe. When you feel that part just above, you know, the cut of the shoe, you know, you feel a little less supported. But when yeah. you wear a high top shoe and that's that's covered up, you feel a lot more stable. Is it science or is it just a feeling where you go, I feel more comfortable? It could be both. It could be okay. mentally and it could be, you know, scientifically. But, uh, you know, scientifically, they, they want you to wear, you know, ankle braces or get taped. Uh, our trainers, our uh, NBA trainers say it's, it's really better to wear braces than being taped with your ankles. But when you're taped with your ankles, it's yeah. underneath your sock. You can't really see it. Whereas if you wear a big old bulky ankle brace, they're like, oh, this guy's wearing an ankle brace. <laughs> you kind of get laughed at. But you know, whatever whatever you feel most protected with and whatever you feel works best for you is best. Reebok, we got a new shoe for you, the Reebok ankle brace. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lace it up from knee down. Does anyone wear an ankle brace in the league? Uh, I know Steph, Steph, Steph has had problems with his ankles. Right. So Steph, they, uh, they designed okay. his underarmors uh, to, you know, hold his ankle braces. Wow, I didn't even think about that. I just realized that he used to have uh, surgery a lot, right? Like, yeah, when he first career. got into the league, he kept rolling it. And then uh, rather than taping, like I said, the, they say ankle braces are better. So he goes with the ankle braces. What's interesting about this shoe is that they had two prototypes of this mm-hmm. shoe. They had the Pro Pump, which is the one we use, and they had a self-inflating pump, mm-hmm. uh, which is – 
I mean, it's giving me back to the future vibes when you think of that. Like, if we could get a self-inflating shoe, I mean, that would change the sneaker game. I feel like people would buy that just based off of the idea of, like, wait a minute, my shoe can do what? <laughs> right. Um, you know, we talked about our Air Max bubbles popping. Like, imagine if it just reflated, like, fix a flat. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm there. This shoe is always going to have value alone just for that. And then I found out, too, at the same time, Nike had been working on its own inflatable shoe. Mm. And I think if I, I, I make sure I remember this correctly, I'm reading this correctly, was that Nike had got it. They had gotten wind that they were doing this, that they bought uh, Elise or whatever, and they were doing their own shoe. And then Nike was trying to chase their technology to market. And the reason they couldn't get it to work, which is what you spoke about earlier, is that Nike is very good at innovating. They're not good at copying, right? Which is completely, which is you know also amazing. But it's like, oh yeah, this this makes total sense. Why Reebok was the only person that could do this or put this in the shoe was because they had no other option, right? You know, it was like, okay, we need this to work. Let's figure it out. Meanwhile, Nike's got Jordan. They're like, look, <laughs> we really need to figure this out. Right. Like, do we have to have something that inflates and deflates? Like, yeah. we got MJ. We're good. <laughs> look at this. Come on. Look at this guy. Like, <laughs> it's like you want to just wear the shoe like this guy. You don't need to put a pump or anything else in there. And right. after we talked about the Converse uh, and we had the radioactive juice, mm -hmm. everything spread everywhere. I wonder if, like, anyone's thing ever just, like, you know, because you could let the air out on the side, which was really yeah. Too. If that right. ever just sounded like somebody was like farting or something like that, like <laughs> right, you just hear, yeah, what is that? <laughs> like deflating the air, air mattress that you blew up. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Like girl, that's, that's no, I ain't got no air mattress. That's my shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you good, girl? Come on, come on. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> What's crazy to me is how this shoe was priced at one hundred and seventy dollars. Which Most is $70 more than any other shoe that was like on the market at this time in 1989. That's that's pricey to me. Like that's that's the side, that's the um the amount of retro Jordans nowadays. Yeah, more so, than more than Jordans. Right. That's that was beyond me. <laughs> Which is insane, but you go, I guess you're paying for the pump, but it's like at the time. You're paying for the, I guess you're just paying for the technology that's in the shoe. Mm -hmm. But $170 for the Reebok Omni Pump. And then they got Dominique to sell it. Uh, obviously, Dominique is known as one of the greatest dunkers right. ever. I mean, the guy could fucking leap out of the gym. I mean, would you buy a shoe based on a person's ability to dunk, though? So that's. This is one thing I told one of my good friends, Jerron Smith. Jerron Smith was a Jordan brand representative, and he was gonna he was thinking about leaving uh, and going to Under Armour. Yeah. And when he was leaving, uh, when he he asked me like, what do, what do I think about that move? And I was just like telling him, I'm like, listen, Under Armour at the time that was like this was the rise of of Steph Curry, the golfer. Yeah. Jordan Space, I believe, was with Under Armour. And Cam Newton was killing the league at the time. And I'm, I'm telling him, like, look, like, as long as these high-profile athletes, signature athletes are doing MVP numbers of their leagues, kids are going to gravitate towards that. They want to be these 
public figures. Yeah. And so if you can get some big names, so at the time, Dominique Wilkins, uh, D Brown, Shaq, like you get these big time names and see how they're doing the things they're doing. The kids are going to be like, yo, he's pumping up his shoes. Like it's the shoes that's doing it. I need those. And so that's kind of what the marketing team did with, uh, with these pumps. You know, you got D Brown going into the dunk contest before every dunk leans over, pumps his shoes, goes and do a dunk. Ah, ah, like (laughs) it's giving, it's giving these kids, like, I need these shoes. These shoes are giving him those type of powers. Obviously it was, you know, it's part of his genes as well, but the marketing team took advantage of the shoes and it just, they ran with it. That's what I, uh, we should just probably jump into that because that's probably the biggest moment. I have to say, I this is for me, just in general, I think in sneaker, basketball sneakers moments is D Brown mm-hmm. pumping up his shoes. And he actually did this, I believe, five, every dunk he did. Every it. dunk, every dunk. Every dunk he did it, but that dunk is the one that's always shown where you're going like, wait a minute, what's he doing? Right. Like, what is he doing? What's going on here? Like a, you hear JR from uh, wrestling going like, oh my God. And he's pumping up his sneakers. And I read that uh, on the plane, the uh, Reebok uh, CEO was on the plane with him saying, maybe you could uh, pump up your sneakers or, you know, maybe you wear a hat of a Reebok thing. And, you go in. and D Brown was like, I was half listening. I didn't know what the hell he's talking about. I was right. just thinking about my own, what I'm going to dunk that I'm going to do. Yeah. And he, was actually going against Sean Kemp, who mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a little bit later in the episode. And everyone knew who Sean Kemp was, I believe. And then they came up to him This is, and they said, uh, who are you? You know, because they had similar haircuts, him and Sean Kemp. He says, are you Sean Kemp's brother? <laughs> and then D. Brown was like, I'm in the contest. And he's like, oh, you're D. Brown. <laughs> cool. He said that was extra motivation for him. Right. To do it. How big of a moment is that on you on for like on top of your list of like D Brown putting on the Omni Pumps, pumping them up, mm-hmm. the black version, which like I, I would buy them alone for that. I call for them sure. Browns. I don't even call them the <laughs> Omni Pumps. Right, right. Now that's definitely a huge moment. Uh you know, anytime you can place they call it product placement, where you're uh displaying that product and you know bringing it to light. They do it a lot in movies, TV shows. Uh, they just subliminally throw their product in there, and that's why it's called product placement. And it's for, you know, like I said, a signature athlete of a brand to do that. And then, uh, you know, win the dunk contest. That's a, that's another thing. The, they probably don't do the same type of numbers if he doesn't win. Everybody's gonna be like, yeah. why is he pumping up his shoes? He didn't get ten out of ten. Like he didn't get he didn't score a perfect fifty. Like it's pointless. But for him to go out there and win the dunk contest, that just adds even more, uh, you know, significance to the shoe and to Reebok. I wonder how many Kia sold after Blake Griffin dunked over. <laughs> I, I I drive a Kia. I used to drive a Kia. That was my first car that I got. So is it because of Blake Griffin dunking over though? It it definitely has a, a signature type of. It definitely raised signals in my mind that like, hey, this this brand is the brand that Blake Griffin, you know, jumped over. Okay. And so it definitely, it definitely, that's what, that's the point of product placement is for you to have that. It's to gaslight you and give you that, that, 
uh, mental, you know, image in your mind, like, hey, this was that car, wasn't it? And then you're like, yeah, that was this. So it, it gives you a, a different type of view on it, for sure. I don't know. Did you know this, that they wanted him to wear a hat? I didn't know. I didn't know. I wouldn't have wore a hat. <laughs> they wanted him to wear a hat, and his dunk was going to be that he was going to dunk the hat and then dunk the ball. I I never heard that one. If he would, if I don't know if I would have gave him a ten on that one. I don't think so either. It's a hat, first of all, and it's like there's just no significance to that in basketball. You don't wear hats. It's exactly. Like, yeah, that that one would have been corny. I would have I would have gave him a D Wade on that one. <laughs> so because of you know basically uh, the NBA being who they are, and they're like, well, you can't wear a hat because that's an official sponsor, and they're like, and Reebok is not paying us any money, so you got to take that off, and. Right. He, pumped the shoes, and he said as he was running up to do the dunk, he didn't know what he was going to do. I, I can believe that. There are a lot of guys that, you know, when it comes to the dunk contest, first of all, you had to, at that time, you had to do like four or five different dunks. Mm -hmm. And you're also, you're, you may have three planned in your mind, but then like after you see what some of the other competitors have done, you, you just got to go on the fly. Like, you got to change it up and do what you can. So I, I believe that statement for sure. Does that happen for you? Like, I, I always – you hear about this a lot as, a, like, you know, a regular person where athletes say, like, they get into a zone and mm -hmm. it slows down. Like, the game is much slower for you guys than it is for, you know. Because, I mean, I don't know. You guys play it so much that – Right. Like you, have you ever had a night like that where it was like, I don't know what happened. I just did that. Yeah, now there's definitely been a couple of nights where you you just get into a rhythm and you're you feel like you're on cloud nine. You feel like you can anything you want to do, you you go out there and do it. And so there's definitely some nights when you get into that zone where you make one, two, three shots in a row. You're like, okay, like I'm I'm grooving right now. I'm getting to my spots. I'm getting whatever I want. And so I, I definitely say I've had a, a couple of nights of my own uh, where I felt good and and been locked in like that. All right. So this is what I find is very interesting about this is him pumping up the shoes, obviously pumped up the crowd, the announcers. Mm -hmm. But it also got to other players because, you know, obviously, you, I mean, you're in the league, so you're playing against other people that are also good at basketball. And they know they definitely know it's not the shoes because they're like, <laughs> I don't have those shoes and I can do that. <laughs> but it's the crazy showmanship of it. I was wondering, like, when you play – has there ever been a time where you saw someone else have a sneaker moment or you had a sneaker moment and somebody was like, I got to get me a pair of those? Yeah. So funny, funny thing. At at the Reebok camp, my yeah. friend uh, Malik Price Martin, we both ended up going. I didn't know him at the time, but we ended up we both ended up going to USC at the time at the Reebok camp. And at the Reebok camp, they gave everybody sneakers. So we all got pumps on. We all got questions, kamikazes, whatever, whatever Reebok sneaker we they had, we got. So my friend Malik Price Martin, shout out to him. He went baseline, dunked on a dude, right? Yeah. After he dunked on a dude, bends over, pumps up his sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying when he did that. Everybody was like, "Oh, we just pumped up, pumped <laughs> on him." <laughs> Oh shit! It was hilarious. Uh, it, other than that, I've never had any crazy experience. Uh, I wear. I used a couple years ago. I wore the PG uh, PlayStation editions. Yeah, the two and two point five PlayStation editions, and you're able to turn on the lights. 
And so Ooh. during pregame warmups, when they turn out the lights, yeah. I, would I would turn on my sneakers and I'd have them lighting up during the warmups and the starting lineups and stuff. So everybody would see them like, oh, is his shoes lighting up? And I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and it would kind of get you in the mindset where you're like, yeah, he's like, I'm about to. Right. Right. Like, like it's game one, you know, like yeah. PlayStation shoes. I'm about to lock in, play this game like it's a video game. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. That's why I'm like, I'm so interested in that because this shoe was, I call it the Reebok Omni Pump, but back mm. then it now became synonymous as the pump. Like it became Jordans, the pumps, uh, and I think the Dunks. It's like there's very few shoes where it's just that one name, and if you get that one name status, you solidified. Yeah, it's like being a celebrity. It's like you know <laughs> you gotta be uh, Drake. Madonna, Kanye went so far as to just be Ye. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, I'm not even Kanye anymore. I am Ye. Right. The, the when you get that one name status, that's it. That's iconic. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, we could talk about the pumps all day, but let's move on to the next shoe because we really want to get to our last shoe. Really. Um, let's talk about this. Sean Kemp was the guy that was going against D Brown, and then he got into the Reebok. Kamikaze, the Rain Man himself got his own shoe. How do you feel about this shoe? How do you feel about the Kamikaze? Again, this was another shoe that I liked and felt like it was ahead of its time. Like the zigzag pattern on it, it going from leather to suede. I thought that right. was smooth. Like the whole idea about the shoe, I, I think it's dope. And then from them to go from making high tops, I even think the low tops of these shoes are fire. Really? Yes. Top on the kamikaze. I, I like the high tops and the low tops just as much. You're, you're in a rare air on that. <laughs> you don't. You don't feel the same about the lows. I do not feel the same about the lows. But you though. like the highs. The highs are amazing. I don't know what it is. I mean, I you get them with the right joggers or whatever. I could, see, but the lows I can't see. I don't know what it is. It looks like someone shitted on dress shoes to me. This is personally. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion. The design of the contrast works amazing. The higher it goes, high. Okay, I can, I can, I can see that. I can see that. And they're like perfect. I don't know, like b boy shoes too. Like <laughs> beyond basketball, I see. I used to always see like kids, like, uh, like from uh, other schools, like, like, or they from other countries, Korea, Philippines. Mm -hmm. They'd always be break dancing in Reebok Kamikaze. <laughs> I was, I don't know why. I don't know what that shoe is. It's nothing to do with basketball, but. I'm telling you, if you right. like this, you got to get some kamikazes. It looks right. amazing, I guess, when you're spinning. So yeah. you were talking about the design of this shoe. Mm. Uh, I believe the designer of this shoe, his name is Ricardo Vestuti. Mm -hmm. It's Italian. And he had to create the sneaker for the Dynamic Power Ford. And at this point, it seems like Reebok is kind of like if – if Nike is known for its airness or its lightness or its mm -hmm. jumping ability, it seems now Reebok is kind of known for its like power. Mm -hmm. it's like we get power players and we get guys that are not afraid to just take this shit to the top, right? Slam all over you. What do you think this shoe did for Sean Kemp? I mean, so Sean Kemp really made this shoe. Like, yeah, they, they said, uh, I believe I read in the notes that he was like the sales and the productivity that they got from this shoe came from the stuff that Sean Kemp did on the court. Like you got a guy, I don't know how tall he was, six, seven, two, whatever, yeah. running down the court, windmill, bow, tomahawk dunk, bow, like with all this force and power. 
and for his shoes at that time to withstand all that power movement and aggression that he's going with on the court guys are like like oh this is a a well-developed shoe like not to mention the design on it like we already said but i think that force and power and everything that he produced in that shoe is what kind of sold it yeah he said at this time the designer ricardo wasn't even familiar with sean kemp yeah and they were tr- at first they were developing the shoe and then they were trying to come up with a name and they came up with altimeter eliminator adversary <laughs> and then they landed on kamikaze and they go that's the way that guy plays right <laughs> he dunks on people like he's like i'm willing to die to dunk on you right like, we talk about moments that happen in shoes. I mean, we've all seen Sean Kemp's The Point, mm-hmm. where he just dunks on the guy. He's like, and you That's know, sad. come on. At that point, you gotta, you kind of want to fight a guy. <laughs> you <laughs> got like, to. You can't go out like that. <laughs> yeah, or at least you go back and you go, I gotta try and dunk on him myself after that. You know, like, right. I mean, he's very brash, uh, and the product is flashy. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've always thought like, you know, we're talking about product placement. Um, I think when the last, I forget the name of the movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. They had uh, the Spider-Man, the Jordans basically that he wore in the movie. Right. I always saw these shoes and I go, Spider-Man wore a Reeboks. Let's be honest. Spider-Man's <laughs> poor. <laughs> He's definitely not wearing no Reeboks. I feel Spider-Man wearing Reeboks. I don't know why. I see these shoes and I go, Spider-Man's wearing kamikazes. He's not wearing Jordans. I see. I'm a minority on this one. This is me going here. Where I'm like, I see Spider-Man wearing. I don't see this. That's two different patterns, though. You got the zigzags, and then you got the webs. Like, it's two different I, patterns. I feel like the zigzag could be the the webs. I don't know if I is this me. This is I'm the weird one here now. Where you're like, this you, is know, you, might, you might. I say you could throw them on Venom. I think I could see Venom in some black and white kamikazes. Idea, Venom, Venom, Venom in the kamikazes. Look, who do we need to get to? Uh, to, to do this deal, Sony, <laughs> right for sure. <laughs> the, the Reebok Venom Kamikazes, the Carnage Kamikazes, these work. These are dope. Those those would definitely be solid on Venom for sure. So the uh, Ricardo, he was inspired. He said, "For you said first, he started with the triangle patterns of the shoe, which I think yeah. is actually interesting to go. I'm gonna make this shoe look like a work of art and not mm-hmm. really look too much." into the technology i'm gonna make this a type of shoe when you see it running down the court that your eyes are immediately attracted to it and that's what this shoe definitely is it's 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 a talking piece Mm -hmm. right away you know what kind of shoes do you feel like that you own you have your pgs that -hmm. was your talking piece do you have any shoes that you feel like when you run down the court right away boom what is this to me it's like any shoe that's loud like it could be any type of design but if you have say like i think my first couple years at usc i wore like some highlighter yellow foam posits whoa anything that's loud is like you'd be like what are what are those what are you wearing and especially when the when the color is like when the shoe is all one color people are trying to figure out like what is that shoe like i'm I might have never seen that before because most shoes they come with like a black and white where you see the Nike sign or red and red and white. You see the Nike Adidas sign, whatever shoe you're wearing. When I wore those highlighter foam posits, they were all like tennis ball green. And so people were like, what are those? Like I never seen those. And then, you know, only those that were on the court or people that know their sneakers knew what shoe those actually were. 
But any shoe that I wear uh, that's that I call loud is like super colorful, bunch of different colors, anything of that nature. I mean, I guess you do see that a lot more now in the league. Guys mm-hmm. wearing a lot more like uh, shoes that stick out specific, especially on Christmas Day now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, uh, I think for me, <laughs> the guy that does it more than anyone to me, I mean, he plays on the sun, so it makes sense. But he's my favorite player. Uh, his name is Mikhail Bridges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mikhail Bridges is my favorite player, not because of anything he does on the court. It just it looks like he lies about everything. I don't know how to explain that to anyone. It just looks like if you met him, he's like, I'm an NBA. You're like, no, you're not. You're lying about this. He's like, I invented the color yellow. My name is Mikhail Bridges. He's like, you're lying, Mikhail. I know you're lying. He just has that face to me where I'm like, Mikhail is lying about something. But I love him because he always wears, I think he's always, they're all highlighter yellow shoes. Mm -hmm. Always wears them on every day, uh, every game. And I'm like, what shoe is that? I think it's the KD-13. But I can't tell because the color is so uniform that I'm like, looks. I'm like, what is that? And it did. That's how I noticed him the first time. Was the, the. You're right. It just attracts attention right away, and it's a good way of like, you know, getting people to pay attention. And I think that's what happened with this shoe. Ricardo mm-hmm. said he was making it. He was like, I'm trying to make it edgy, trying to make it flashy. I'm trying to make it hard, tough, urban, but at the same time, I'm trying to make it uh, religious, and which is, you know, when you think of the Rain Man, you know. You know, Rain Man had a lot of kids, and I don't think Rain Man was uh, very religious. That's all I'm going to say. I think he was having a lot of premarital. <laughs> Quite opposite. Yeah, he was, he, was having, he was having a good time out there. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Uh, but uh, Ricardo worked with someone we're going to talk about a little bit later. This guy's mm-hmm. name is designer Scott Hewitt, who designed the shoes that we did that we're going to talk about a little bit later. And they worked on it. And at the time, uh, Hewitt was making golf shoes which is interesting because when you think of shoes, you don't really think of golf too much. Um, but afterwards, you know, Hewitt would go on to uh, design uh, AI shoes. Mm-hmm. And it's for sure in the 90s, I have to say, Reebok was putting some, sh- you know, some patterns out there that right. you never saw. Like whatever you want to say about the Jordans, they're always kind of a classic, nice silhouette yeah converse and adidas they're not really loud right but reebok was not afraid to really be like it's like they really got the decade better than anybody in terms of like design Mm -hmm. where they're like look this is the 90s man nirvana's (laughs) out the internet's here what the hell is going on you know they were just doing some i mean what the shack gnosis Mm -hmm. what the hell is that yeah, they went from triangles to zigzags to swirls to, to everything. They definitely took advantage of, you know, being different. I mean, last last podcast, we talked about Adidas and how, how similar, you know, everyone's signature shoe was. And when you go back and look at all these different Reebok uh, shoes and designs, they were all pretty much different. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, how important is it to make a flashy version of a shoe mm-hmm. to get it to sell. Like that's what kind of got this shoe to pay attention or people to pay more attention to it was that on national broadcast shoe or a game, you see mm-hmm. people running around in shoes all the time. That's how you kind of go and you go, which one's camp? And you go, you see those shoes right there, the ones that are like this and everything. Right. That's really what you start to realize is that 
you don't know it as a fan, but maybe you guys know it, is that, you know, oh, yeah, you guys are all wearing basically the same color jersey. Right. The A lot of the really the only way to distinguish yourself beyond the name on the back. It's sneakers. It's the sneakers. Right. So how, how often is that a thought into your process of like, okay, I don't know, maybe you're home, maybe you're not, which I'm sure you have more options <laughs> available to you when you're at home and you're mm-hmm. playing home in Minnesota. Do you have that where you go like, let's see, it's fall. I got to play in some some fall like, <laughs> like, what is it? You know? Yeah. So it, it definitely varies. But like, so how it works with the the NBA is we have our equipment guy. He has a shoe bags. He has your your main sneakers, and then here's yeah. the second bag is your backup sneakers. Uh, depending on what jerseys we're wearing, that kind of plays a, a part as well. So if we're wearing white. If you want to, if you want to go loud, you could go loud. You could wear some green shoes. You could wear orange, uh, whatever whatever color you want to wear. You might have a blue jersey. Me with the Timberwolves, we have white. We have a highlighter like green. We have a blue jersey, and uh, I'm missing one other jersey. But it kind of just depends on what color uniforms you're wearing, and then whatever sneakers you have in your locker, and then you choose from there. So let me ask you this. Obviously, Christmas Day is a big day in the NBA for shoes. Mm-hmm. Do you look forward to Christmas as a player where you go like, you know how it is like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get this. But on Christmas Day, if you play or the day before, you're like, I'm about to kill him. Oh, yeah. Kill him with this. Oh, yeah. I can't wait till we get our sneaker uh, podcast going for Chris- the Christmas talk because I every year there's some crazy shoes coming out. But uh, you definitely eye up uh, certain type of days like that, uh, Christmas games, the day before Christmas, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, any any type of holiday. There's there's definitely most likely uh, a certain shoe that's coming out on that day or it's something that you want to show out for sure. Do do players do that for their girlfriends or wives where they go like, I got I got to get the like they write, you know, remember they were writing messages on the shoes mm-hmm. uh, a couple <laughs> years ago for Black Lives Matter and everything. I was wondering yeah. if anyone's ever done that where they go like, baby, I'm sorry. I miss you. Please call me back. Like, nah, like I, I think they I think they keep those in the DMs. <laughs> OK, those are the ones. Where yeah, like, those, those are staying in the DMs. DMs. <laughs> That's how you can prove you love her. You're like nationally televised game. I told you how much I miss you and I love you. Please. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Now that those stay in the DM. DeAndre or... Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This they uh, these shoes were part of a collection. I think they're called the Mobius collection, which I'm pretty sure is a vampire. I'm not sure from. The, it's gotta uh, be. It gotta yeah. Be. I'm like, what what is that? And it's all about uh, monochromatic. And at this point, when this shoe came out, Sean Kemp was having the year after. This is when they would play the Bulls in the finals. But mm-hmm. the team was on the rise up, and yeah. he was known as the other – he was the dynamic dude, and Gary Payton was the glove. Right. I mean, really, I'm wondering how much it goes hand in hand. Does it go – you know, obviously a player gets really successful, and then he gets a shoe. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering sometimes is that incentive sometimes for a player to go like, okay, I know players want to win, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know – Having your own shoe is forever. Yeah. Like, I don't really know if kids know who Larry Bird or whatever, but Larry Bird and them, like, I have my own shoe. I have the weapon. Right. Kim Lajuan has his own shoe. They won championships. Championships for you guys. I feel like shoes are for the rest of us. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I mean, when a player gets their own signature shoe, that's, that's what everybody dreams of. Like, 
everybody wanted to be Jordan, get their own right. sneaker line. No, I mean, not many can go from sneaker one to sneaker 34. Like mm-hmm. that's crazy and unheard of. So, um, but that's what a lot of these sneaker companies look to, to pitch uh, these athletes that they look to sign when they sign their NBA contract. Uh, you know, they're like, well, we want to sign you with, you know, the hopes of maybe giving you a shoe in two to three years. Hopefully if you're producing these type of stats and winning these amount of games and, you know, displaying this type of platform that you're going to be on, if you can show us that we'll give you a signature shoe. I mean, I think we might have talked about it before just in passing with ourselves where it's like, do because we're in a, we're living in a world now where shoes are being sold by models or singers or you know mm-hmm. people who don't really put up stat lines, right? Know? And even now we've got uh, you know shoes that are being designed by kids with you know uh, uh, diseases or anything where you people just have willingness to go. Yeah, if it yeah. looks good, I'm willing to buy it. Mm-hmm. Do you think we will ever get there with an athlete? Where maybe, I mean, I hate to say it, you know, my boy Kuzma, where it's like, you know, Kuzma has his own shoe. Uh-huh. And look, Kuzma helped LA win a championship. So I, I love you, Kuzma. I love you. But from what I've heard in the message boards on the Washington Wizards, um, listen, all I'm going to say is this some people don't think Kuzma deserves that shoe. Personally, I think that shoe is a sick shoe. And I'm wondering if we're getting to the age now where it depends less on the stats and it just depends more on your popularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're there now. I think I definitely think we're at an age where your platform and the amount of people you can reach and engage with uh, that's that's following you is definitely a selling point. Like it doesn't matter all the time what you are you know, producing on a stat sheet or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But as long as you can reach a certain following that's following you and produce a, a big profit and help a company out is, is definitely, you know, a chance for you to get your signature sneaker shoe. It might not be with the company you want with <laughs> Nike, Adidas, Jordan, whatever the case is. It may be with like a, a peak or a leaning or, you know, whatever the case is, but you have your signature shoe and you're able to produce it to your following. As Clay Thompson would say, leaning, he pays. That's what he would say. He's a, they pay. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and a lot of times at the end of the day, that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's it for the kamikazes. Unfortunately, you know, uh, they were short lived because, after they lost in the finals to the Bulls, uh, the team basically got blown apart. <laughs> got traded to the Cavs, yeah. where he went on to have a lot more kids, but not more kamikazes. Uh, you know, but we're gonna go to our next shoe, and I feel like you know this might be. Listen, I'm just gonna say this: this is by far in my lifetime the coolest player that has ever lived, in sure. like. I mean, this guy is. I mean, I, I want to say he started the sleeve, the the wearing the ring, like that that thing that you put. I don't even know how that helps you play <laughs> basketball. He had corn. It was all of it. Braids. I mean, of course, if you, you know who I'm talking about, you're, I'm talking about Allen Iverson, pound for pound, the greatest player. I mean, he's your favorite player. 
I wouldn't say he's my favorite player, but pound for pound, he's what one, he of was. one of the greatest. Yeah. I mean, he, like you said, he changed the culture. Like, he's yeah. the reason why the NBA has a dress code now. Like, yes. <laughs> who would have thought of that? Like, yes. He, he definitely, he definitely put a, a, a big influence and changed the culture in the NBA. And I mean, now thinking about it in retrospect, it makes sense that him being a rookie and him having his own signature shoe, where you mm-hmm. go, of course. But at the time, they were taking Reebok was taking a flyer on a guy where they were like, "Look, we don't know this guy's coming out of Georgetown. He's pretty good. He actually had a little bit of trouble in Georgetown." Yeah. But they were looking at it and going, "Yeah, we're not trying to make you be Magic Johnson." Yeah. We want Allen Iverson, which says a lot, a lot, because Reebok was basically like, yeah, we're a corporation, but, you know, you don't work at our office. You're a basketball player and you're cool as shit, and we yeah. like that. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times that, I don't know, like companies or whatever, they don't, they want to sign people for whatever reason they want to sign them, mm-hmm. but they don't want them to be that anymore. Right. You know, like, and I feel like when Allen Iverson came out and he had this shoe, oh my God. I mean, <laughs> we talk about moments in shoes. He crossed Michael Jordan in this shoe. Yeah. As a rookie. Yeah. Everybody remembers that iconic moment. You know, you got AI wearing the questions and you got MJ wearing the taxi 12s and you got, you know, AI coming off crossover. MJ bites a little bit. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna hit him with it again. Crossover again, pull up, jumper. Like it was that's one of the most not only iconic moments, but sneaker iconic moments as well. Thousand percent. He's like, Oh, you got your signatures? This is it. It, it. it signified a change where it was like, look, this guy, this is the old generation now. Because mm-hmm. you had never seen a player like Michael Jordan or anything like that kind of happen to him. Right. <laughs> By a rookie, let alone. You'd be like, okay, I've seen him play against Bird. I've seen him play against competition that was older than him and better than him and best. Mm-hmm. But never someone who was brand new and was like, this is my time. It's over. Granted, MJ did win that game. The Bulls did win that game. And they did <laughs> win the finals. But it signified a whole new era of the NBA and a whole new shoe mm-hmm. era of the NBA. I mean... This is my brother's favorite player. He loved Philadelphia because of this guy, and he's mm-hmm. from L.A. It makes no sense, <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> no. but when you think of it, you just go, well, yeah, he loved Allen Iverson. You go, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I yeah. mean, you were talking about a dress code. Um, you know, I remember this. They were, like, making everyone wear suits <laughs> when I was mm-hmm. a kid, when I was younger. And I remember hearing this where somebody was like, you know, some of the worst – atrocities in this world have been committed by men in three-piece suits. <laughs> it's like, how are you going to sit here like in me and jeans and be like, this guy's a thug? Right. After hearing that, I was like, yeah, Alan Iverson's right. <laughs> this guy knows what he's talking about. This is this For is sure. Dudes, uh, I consider this the last the last era of like Reebok's real dominance. In right. Fact, I couldn't find it. I was looking for it to find, but even this shoe... They said they had a version of it with a pump. Did they really? I don't know if it was I, for sale, but it might have been a prototype where they were probably. Like, I I would guess it was a prototype because I've never seen an AI with a pump. That me neither. I've never seen it either. 
I ne- I haven't either, but I was like doing research on this shoe and I was like, really a pump? So maybe they tried to bring it back and be like, hey, maybe we can sell shoes for 270. <laughs> what do you think, AI? Come on, you're cool. <laughs> do it. Right. Like you. Tried to add that pump technology. To be honest, I don't I don't know if I would have liked the shoe with the pump technology. I don't like think I, yeah. Like it I did. feel like the design itself is is just it was perfect for the shoe and adding a pump, I don't think it would have done it any justice. Let me ask you this. Have you ever played in the questions? I've never played in the questions, but I've had a couple pair that I wore around to walk around. How do you feel about the shoe? I love it. It's a comfortable shoe. I like the design. I like the sole of it. It's a little bit different with the air bubbles. The hexalite. The hexalites, yes. Uh, That look like air bubbles. Yeah. Um, And then I like how they're mids. They're not really like highs. They're mids. Yes. And I'm also a fan of the low tops. No, come on. That's sacrilege. No, I'm a fan of the low tops and the mids on these. I like them. Okay. And okay, so what did you have the red and white? What what's your colorway here we're talking about? Because they've been I liked, yeah, yeah. I I had the white, red, and blue pair. Kind of looked like the Clippers or Philly. Uh I had the white, red, and blue. And then I wanna say I also had a white and black pair as well. Right. Oh, you had a white and black pair? I believe so, yeah. Okay, my brother had the white and black pair, but I believe the first one to release was the red and white, and I think this shoe, from what I remember, because he had them, mm-hmm. and I used to wear them when he wasn't around. <laughs> I'm, I'm admitting things here now where I'm like... <laughs> right. They don't ventilate very well. They're amazing design shoes. They're beautiful. Uh, they have premium leather on it. Um, and actually, I just found this out, too, when I was researching the shoe, that um, the shoe, the, the toe used to be suede, but mm. they got rid of that because AI would sweat through it. Right. And then they made it uh, leather on the front for him. And I was like, wow, that's weird to think. I don't, I don't even really think of suede on basketball shoes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not really heard of, really. I, yeah. Especially nowadays, not many shoes have suede on them. Uh, only person I could think would wear a suede basketball shoe is probably PJ Tucker, just because PJ just Tucker is the yeah. king of sneakers on the court. Uh, just to be different, like you could probably hoop in in the the, um, the Don twos. Those are a little bit of suede. Uh, um, but you can again, wear full game? Can you? Huh? Can you wear those for a full game? The Dons? Nah, he no, probably he probably switch at halftime. Yeah, I was like quarter. Yeah. Yeah, but nah, I I definitely think the the leather toe caps on the sneaker make it make it better than you know the other ones. Yeah, it, like it, the leather shines in the light while suede just kind of sucks up the light, and that's the thing about with shoes like this is you want it to be more flashy, you want it to be cooler, right? Especially with a guy like AI. I mean, yeah, like we said, there's there's if I feel like I feel like I don't know, it's like if there's a Miles Davis or whatever of the NBA, it's this guy where you go like. He's AI. He's he's. You've never seen someone like you said, pound for pound, do the things that he did. I mean, he carried a team to the finals. He stepped over Tyron Lue. Everyone, <laughs> he stepped over Tyron Lue. Right. You know how cool that was to me as a kid to see that. That's was, one of the, one of the most iconic moments in basketball for sure. 
I mean, after you cross Jordan, though, I mean, like, you know, and that's the thing. He had a moment after that. Where he's like, yeah, I crossed Jordan. But this guy I just busted on his face and just stepped over him. <laughs> we were talking about the point and we were talking about pumping. But come on, stepping over somebody. Yeah, I'd be waiting in the parking lot after that. Right. Like, right. Right, right in front of the other team bench, too. Like, that's oof. That's in tough. the finals. In the finals at the biggest stage. That's so tough. he's coming out of Georgetown. Uh, you know, obviously rock and everything. He's a Nike kid. He's a Jordan kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nike's obviously, this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier. We talked about it before, where it's like, there's only so many signature athletes you can have. Right. Also, if you're with Nike, you kind of know that no matter what, Jordan is the big guy. Yeah. And that was a part of the incentive. Also, the other incentive for him to going to Reebok was, 60 million dollars out the gate right. now, that's a pretty big incentive obviously but i'm wondering how much of it played into question in his mind of the legacy of like if he had crossed jordan mm-hmm. in jordans <laughs> uh, you know what i mean i don't think it's as big of a moment right it's, it's like you're wearing not. my shoes right right it's de- yeah it's definitely not and like and that's how i am uh playing in the league today like if I'm playing against Kyrie Irving, I, I'm wearing Kyrie's right now. If I'm right. playing against Kyrie's, I don't, I don't want to be wearing Kyrie's. So that day, I'm switching it up. I'm gonna wear a pair of Giannis's because I can't wear my KD's because KD's also on Brooklyn. Yeah. So it just, it's just not the same. If you were to make a nice move and score, you can't talk trash or go down on the other end. Like at, at the end of the day, he's gonna be like, "Man, you're wearing my shoes." Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's not the same. So it's definitely very uh it's very iconic that he went with Reebok at this time and had the crossover then the step over in his in his own shoe that's 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 huge and it's like obviously in a player's head like you said where it's like I can't wear it. come on man who am I playing <laughs> like I can't wear hardened shoes like what right. the hell? I wear those when I go to strip club I got the hardened <laughs> moves but I'm like that's interesting to know though like oh yeah when you go okay I gotta play KD or I gotta play I mean, you said nobody really wears LeBron's other than LeBron, but it's like, you know, that I wonder if that hurts LeBron's feelings. <laughs> he's just he, walking around like he's not worried about that. He's yeah. still still getting them checks and still making his highlights. So he he not worried That's about true. that. <laughs> but just deep down inside, it seems like LeBron's like he's just a sensitive guy where he's like, I just want to be like, man, I'm, I'm a good dude. Come on, just admit I'm a good dude. Somebody wear my shoes, please. I want to see someone. I want my legacy to continue on, but I guess we'll wait for Bronny and Bryce. Uh, so this shoe came out, it came out, uh, released limited pairs. Um, they only had like 5,000, I think 7,000. They shipped them all out to Philly and mm-hmm. they sold out right away. And they were behind in, uh, actually making the shoes in production and they caught up obviously. Um, what do you think? I, I feel like Reebok goes really well. I don't know if this could be with, I don't want to say alternative cities, but like I want to say that like Reebok goes really well with like I feel like Reebok has more of a workmanship mentality to it where it's like whatever this is, like you said, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to do whatever I have versus let's say, I don't know, when I think of L.A. or something like that, I'm thinking more of a showtime highlights, this type of thing. But when you see this shoe and you see Allen Iverson, you go, what's the question? This guy's the question. Yeah. The answer. This guy right here. Right here. You know what I mean? It's right. like, what do you think the name, the question, 
dip for the shoe. Well, I, well, AI's nickname was the answer. Yes, the answer. So for for this to be his first sneaker uh, and release, for it to be the question, and then them later to come out with the answer, I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with why they called these the questions. Do you think? I don't know. Did the nickname come first? Did he have that in college in Georgetown? I'm, I don't know. I, I don't think he did. I think he yeah. had, I think he probably got it when he got to the NBA. So right. That's a that's a good question. We so should. Is this? I saw like I'm trying to figure out. Is this his response to the shoe? That's why right. I'm like Reebok come with this, and then everyone was like, "Oh, this is what his nickname is in response to that." Mm-hmm. Or did he have the nickname, and then he's like, "We're like, that's obviously got to be the shoe," you know, because. Jordans really don't have a name. Nah. It's Jordans. Yeah, Jordan 1, Jordan 2, and so on and so on. But this shoe has a name <laughs> like that that has like a like a, a built-in marketing to specifically to this guy. Like right. they feel specifically about him and go, this is our guy and we're going to think only about him and what it means to his name and his legacy. I mean to the point where I think I think I read they pay him eight hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. for a lifetime contract, and then they hold a certain amount of money for him in a trust, mm-hmm. which so is, he turns fifty five. He turns fifty five, and I mean we I've heard about it many times where you hear about athletes going broke. Mm-hmm. Reebok basically just said, "Look, man, uh, your family ain't going back to broke on our watch." <laughs> right. Which yeah, is, they took care of him for life. That's amazing to hear, though, right? Like to go like a corporation to be like, we're going to take care of you because of what you did for us. Right. You feel that way with Philly a little bit, right? Like you feel that way with Philadelphia where, you know, I hear it's a hard sports town. Mm-hmm. It's a hard place to play. I'm sure you've played there and been on the road there and how hard and difficult that was, right? Yeah. I mean, the loyalty that people feel to AI and to this shoe Right. I mean, like when you wear this shoe, you're expecting a conversation about Allen Iverson to come up. Either that or DMX. That's the only other time I've ever like heard about these shoes. It's like, are you in the Rough Riders or do you just like Allen Iverson? <laughs> do you think about that sometimes where you're like, all right, do you have any loyalty to like a shoe or anything like that in the way that like, or do you, would you want a company or what company, what shoe company would you want to be like, Jordan? Lifetime, we got you on lock. Perfect case scenario. <clears throat> I want, I want Nike, Nike to hold me down like that. Not Jordan Brand, Nike. Yeah, not not Jordan Brand. I'd go with Nike just because Nike has the sportswear stuff. You got you could wear dunks. You could wear Nike basketball sneakers. You could wear the trainers. You could you could wear anything when it yeah. comes to Nike. So. I would say I would want Nike to be like my dream lifetime, uh, you know, contract. And are any of these uh, shoes you think about like right now, do you think of them like, what's the way I should put this? Like, do you think of them as I could wear these for the rest of my life? Because that's what this shoe was for Allen Iverson. If you saw right. not wearing the questions, you would be like, who are you? You're not there's, a pro- there's a problem. There's yeah. a problem for sure. <laughs> nah, I mean, any, I would say any dunks I could wear for the rest of my life. 
dunks, air maxes, um, prestos are cool. Like okay. all, all their lifestyle and training shoes, I, I could for sure rock those every single day. Let me ask you this, then. This is a better question. If Reebok came to you, gave you the same AI deal, and was like, would you – you'd have to turn your back on Nike forever. Could you do it? Yeah. Easy. No problem. Easily. For for me to be set up for a lifetime, 800000 a year, trust yeah. fund, like all that, and for me to wear the same sneaker and just different colors every day for the rest of my life, Yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. All right. Could you do it for Crocs? Mm. Crocs is coming to you. Thank mm. you. Lifetime. On the feet right now. <laughs> <laughs> On the feet right now. Crocs are, <laughs> Crocs are low key almost the everyday for me. Like walking around the house, walking in the backyard. Like Crocs are super comfortable. I, I miss Crocs. Crocs. I got it, baby. Let's do it. Like you don't, you don't even know. <laughs> All right. Wait, before we go. Uh, do you have? Did you have a story? Yeah. So that Reebok camp. When I went to that Reebok camp, we got a pair of the pumps. We got a pair of the kamikazes. We got pairs of questions. Like any type of gear we wanted at that camp, they gave us. And right. then, uh, you know, at that camp, we was hooping in those sneakers and and whatnot. And then, like I said, my friend dunked on them puffed up the shoes that was that was hilarious to me and it was just that that whole Reebok camp was a, a great experience and that's kind of like the the main point in time where I you know got a good vibe with Reebok and I, I yeah. enjoyed their sneakers but it was their their older versions of the sneakers um when when John Wall first got into the league and he had his sneakers and oh, yeah. he had the zigzag soles and everything Again, they were going with the zigzag pattern and, and the crazy type of pattern is being different. Uh, it was interesting, but uh, but those those three uh, Reeboks are probably like the only three Reeboks. If I'm ever seen in Reeboks, those are one of the three sneakers that I would wear. And they came out at the right times. Well, they came out in the beginning of the 90s, the middle, and at the very end, they bookended it with AI. And mm -hmm. he went into the 2000s and made many more models. And we'll talk about the later models uh, a little bit later in the series. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I don't think there's a better shoe to end the show with other than that. And, you know, next time we'll have more time for cop or not, and we'll get into more shoes. Uh, I'm Alexander Payne, and thank God I've never been dunked on. I just realized how important that is. Jordan, <laughs> you want to Jordan McLaughlin, you want to sign off? Jordan McLaughlin here. I also don't think i've ever been dunked on I'm, never i don't think i've ever been dunked on not body to body sports center top 10 like okay might have been a time where i flew by and was like oh, i ain't get dunked on i, <laughs> I, I, I flew by like i wasn't <laughs> it may be a time like that but uh you know i'm hoping that day doesn't come <laughs> okay where can they find you at jordan mclaughlin they got you on instagram where Got me on Instagram, Twitter at it's McLaughlin11. Um, all platforms, that's the same username. And play for the Timberwolves, and this is our podcast. Okay, I'm Alexander Payne. You can find me at Alex Payne Comedy. And if you have, if you've dunked on Jordan, please let us know because I want I need to do some research. I, I need the film. If you got it, don't just say it. I need the yeah. film. Yeah, send the film. Send it to him on Twitter. We need to see. To be like twelfth grade. I don't know you, bro. Come on, I know it happened. Little little tykes don't count. All right, all right. The little ones don't count then. All right. If you're in the pros and you've dunked on them and you're listening, uh, send the video to Twitter. 
uh, send it to our podcast, uh, Kicks, Greatest Kicks of Your Life or Kicks of Your Life. Uh, thank you. That's it. Peace. Later.